afternoon and welcome to Behind the Roar, a podcast created to give our listeners a behind-the-scenes look at South Lyon High School out of South Lyon, Michigan. Behind the Roar is affiliated with South Lyon's newspaper, The Lion's Roar. You can check out our online pieces at lionlife.org, that's L-Y-O-N-L-I-F-E.org. I am joined by two guests this afternoon, Mr. Jeffrey Pruder, a language arts teacher at South Lyon High School, and Max Honus, a senior and wrestler on the South Lyon varsity wrestling team. After a year of tragedy, loss, and disappointment, it's difficult to start a new year with a positive mindset, especially when some of last year's challenges have carried over into 2021. But we shouldn't see 2020 solely as a loss. There are lessons to be learned, and we can take these lessons and apply them to this year and beyond. Today, we are going to look at 2020 from a different perspective, a perspective that needs to be talked about. Thank you for joining me here today on Behind the Roar. So I'd first like to start off the conversation with a little bit of kind of a rundown of last year and kind of the changes that we have made. First, starting off with the hygienic situation. So I guess my question is, before the pandemic, were we not sanitizing everything? Were we not being super conscientious about our health and the health of others. I think that's kind of funny how it took a pandemic for us to really be mindful of what we are doing and how we are taking care of ourselves and others. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, you're right. It's it's funny how many things um, that have now become normal for us. We look back and we go, why were we not really doing that at the beginning? And, and certainly there are some things that we're going to let go of, but it, it is interesting to kind of look around and think about the little things that we can be doing just to help um, with all the different interactions that we have. And I think part of that's what's kind of unique about this situation is we've forced ourselves to slow down and think about things we don't normally think about, interactions every time we walk in and out of a place, what that's like. Um, so you're you're right, like it's it's been an interesting dynamic to think about um, what's gonna stick around and what's going to kind of go by the wayside, but hygienics is certainly part of it. I know, like, were we not washing our hands before this? <laughs> were we not washing them as much as we should have? Um, and some of the things I'm wondering about is, after this pandemic is over, are we still going to keep these standard um, protocols in place? Are we going to be sanitizing our desks in school every time we leave the classroom? Are we going to keep hand sanitizer at the front of every store when you walk in? Are we going to still wear masks sometimes at like a big gathering, like a sporting event or at a concert? Like, are we going to keep these things in place to just maybe not prevent a pandemic, but prevent each other and ourselves from getting sick? Um, I think that's really interesting. I feel like it's just about being a good person and being courteous to other people. Like, it's not really a like, let's just be hygienic now. I think it should, everyone should just be hygienic in general. And I feel like each like step people take to be cautious now won't have to be used like in the future. Like, I don't, I hope that we can not have to wear masks all the time. Like we're at a point to where just basic human, like hygienic stuff is normal and more people do it. Cause I would really hope that people had a wake up call in that regard. Yeah, I like how you use the word wake up call because I think that's really what last year was. It was just, it was hard and it was horrible and it was disappointing and it was exhausting, but it was a wake up call and it was a message to us that we need to slow down. We need to think about the things that are most important, like our health and our mental health, mental and physical. And how can we make life not 
only easier for ourselves, but for each other. And how can we look out for our neighbors, you know, especially if they have an underlying condition and they might not have an easiest, the easiest job or sorry, the easiest um, experience like with something like the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so I think just moving forward, it's really important to be conscientious of ourselves and others, others especially, and first off, taking care of ourselves and our physical health so that way we don't spread illnesses and that we don't put each other in danger because, yeah, like you said, it's, it was a wake-up call and it's, it's our message to move forward in a more positive direction. Anyone else have any thoughts on that? Just really quickly, I thought it was interesting that you talked too about just the emotional health that was kind of uh, under duress a little bit throughout all of this, because we are thinking, you know, we started thinking about this idea of what are the precautions we're going to to take to continue to stay physically safe, we're going to continue wearing masks, hand, hand sanitizer. But the other thing, you know, to your point is we've also forced ourselves to slow down and think about our, our mental health, like our psychological immunity a little bit and, and how we can protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe there too. So I thought that was kind of interesting that um, we're, we're thinking about health in so many different ways right now. Well, I feel like now, since we are all, are all slowing down and thinking, like I hope more people took the time to think about what makes them happy and what makes their life better during these times where everything feels like it's not better and that stuff is not ideal, but I hope people slow down and figure out what makes them happy. Right. I agree with that. I think at the beginning of this, like in March, April, May, when we didn't have to do all of our assignments, I mean, we should have obviously, but it wasn't a requirement. We didn't have as much on our plates. Sports were canceled. Um, all of our extracurriculars were canceled. Everything was just kind of put on hold. And for me, at least, I know that I really experimented with different hobbies. I found a love for exercise. I loved it before, but I really got to make a workout regimen for myself. And I was working out every day and I was eating healthier. And I found that improving my physical health drastically improved my mental health. And I, you know, the first week I might not have looked forward to working out because I was sore and I was tired. But after that first week, I was really looking forward to it because it made me feel better about myself. And I hope that a lot of other people had that same experience, but I also know that it's not too late, you know, even though we have school now and we're getting back to those extracurriculars and jobs and whatever else people have going on, I hope people can still try to take time for themselves. And I've said this in every single podcast thus far, but really taking the time for yourself will help you in the long run. It'll help you get through the hardest times of your life when you have hours of homework or you're working constantly and you're going through a really difficult stage because as long as you're stable mentally, you'll be able to handle anything that you have coming your way. So just to kind of elaborate on that, did any of you find something during quarantine or just even in the past year that you really found helped your mental health? I, I always ran like even before this, but more or less just to like maintain like my shape for wrestling. But now I actually found out how it helps me mentally just be happier throughout the day. Like if I go for a big run, I feel a lot better for the rest of the day. So I've keep I've tried making those runs longer and keep pushing myself. But it, I found that running helps me just think 
more openly about what's going on. It's made me a lot happier. Yeah, I think the physical aspect that you're both talking about is so incredibly important. And whether that's a really specific workout, because I definitely missed going to the gym and like having that structure, like I'm someone who just needs that, or whether it's just getting outside. I spent a lot of time outside. Um, I re-landscaped re pretty much like our whole front yard because partially because it needed it and partially because it got me outside. I was doing stuff and like sometimes it kind of felt good just to get your hands dirty a little bit and to do something and, and to see something get started and finished. And I think that in itself, like whatever that thing was, that process of having something that starts and, and finishes and like you're seeing your progress, that just became so great physically, but also back to the emotional health part of it. I think it's funny that you talked about landscaping your house because I feel like those first few months of quarantine were just like a DIY home projects for a lot of people. Everyone was repainting their houses or renovating and all of that stuff. And it was just, I think that's really cool because you probably didn't have time for that before the pandemic started when everything, life was hectic. Um, I think we were blessed in that aspect to just have that time to ourselves and have that extra free time, even though we all got sick of it after a while, but it was just, it was really nice, I think, having that little period of time where we could just just do whatever we wanted that, you know, that made us happy and that helped us get through that really difficult time. So moving forward, as I said before, things are kind of ramping back up. How can we make sure that that progress we made with our mental and physical health doesn't just go back to where it was before the pandemic? How can we continue these things? Like you talked about just now getting the time to do stuff. I think people should try to make time now. Now that we have other responsibilities, I feel like if it makes you happy, you need to make the time to try to get to it. Like if, if that really helps you get through your days, like you, you got to try to make the time to go do what you what makes you happy. Yeah, I'm with Max. I It's something that's so easy that gets lost in the chaos of, the, the school year is taking care of ourselves and doing those things that we're passionate about. And it's always easy to sacrifice those things. Um, but I think now we actually get to see the benefits. You know, we often hear about the consequences of not taking care of ourselves, but now we get to actually see the benefits of what happens when we give ourselves some time to slow down and, and to do things we're passionate about and take better care of ourselves, making sure we don't get back to that imbalance is the key. And, and that's going to be, I think, a tough journey for a lot of people coming forward, but I, I think it's important work that we need to continue to do just because of all those benefits that people have started to see. Right, I agree with that. And, you know, saying it is a lot easier than actually going out and doing it and making the time can be really hard, especially when, if you're someone like me, who when you take time for yourself, you're thinking, oh, I should have used this time to study for my test, or I should have been doing using this time to apply for scholarship applications or whatever else I have going on. Um, but I think just kind of gaining this understanding with yourself that like, no, you need this time for yourself because you can't do anything else 100% if you yourself do not feel strong and energized and just ready to handle what you have going on. So just a message to all of our listeners, find 20 minutes even a day to just do something that makes you feel happy. And that doesn't mean going scrolling through social media, because I promise you that does not make you feel happy, no matter how many times you want to tell yourself it does. It doesn't. Um, 
So that means going outside or just even watching a Netflix show, you can do that. That's a good one too. Um, just finding something that legitimately makes you happy that doesn't involve drama and social media and homework and all of the other things you have going on in your life. So finding something that makes you happy will definitely help you from here on out. Um, I kind of want to take this in a different direction. So now that we have been learning virtually for almost a year now, <laughs> on and off, um, for almost a year, I hope that from now on we can really appreciate all that in-person education does for us. And even though I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal, I didn't want to go to school every day before this pandemic. I wasn't looking forward to going to school every day. It's Obviously, it's difficult and it's exhausting, but compared to what we're doing now, I, I miss it a lot. Um, so I think that when we can finally go back to school 100% capacity, I want to appreciate that experience more and I want to appreciate our teachers that make it happen and all of the staff that goes into that. Um, so kind of moving forward, what can students do to make, to kind of make the most out of our in-person education? Like we've, the, today and Monday were the first two days where we went back to hybrid and I was very, I was excited to go back. I was excited to see faces, be there at the school. And then I would sit down in a class and there was like four other people in there. Like, I feel like people need to, if you want to really get the most out of whatever year or grade you're in, you have to show up. If, if that's what you really want and to make your schooling better and get a good experience at school, you, you got to be there. Like virtu learning virtually may seem easier, but in the long run, it, it it's not the same. It just isn't. And it's such like a tricky thing, right? Because I I'm someone who's been um, like honestly, I've just been really exhausted by the back and forth, and so the the starting virtual, and then we were at 25%, and then 50, then we went back to virtual, now we're back to 50. And, and so I'm someone who's kind of struggled with the back and the forth. Um, and so as Max is talking about the people who aren't showing up, you know, I think it's also important to think too about how, what, like, what are the different ways we can show up? And so certainly part of that is, is physical. And I know that like, when Max talks about showing up, it's not just physical for him. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with both Max and Allie in class and, and both of you showed up, not just physically, but like you were present, you were physically and, um, socially and academically present and engaged in that. And so, you know, whether it's, you're in the class, you're online, you know, it's Wednesday where everyone's online, what, whatever those things are, I think finding ways to encourage that engagement and, and certainly part of that's on us as teachers too, but, you know, I think how we show up is so incredibly important to, to that process as well. Right, it's kind of difficult handling this when you know you have people saying, well, I don't wanna go back because it's just not worth it. There's only three people that show up. Well, that's just like a drop in the bucket thing. You feel like, oh, well, if I show up, whatever, I'm one of four, but then if everyone has that mentality, then nobody ends up showing up. So if we all just take the initiative to be present at school, Again, if you don't feel comfortable, absolutely do it online, but be present, have your camera on, be engaged, um, unmute yourself. If you have something to say, don't rely on the chat box. Again, I sound like a broken record because I say this every podcast, but it's true. Like you can't necessarily complain if you're not doing everything you can to make this a more enjoyable experience. And 
your teachers will feel more engaged in the lesson if you are being engaged too. So it's boring all around when nobody puts in the effort. And I think that the first step is to, again, be engaged, be present, um, because it, it will make it a better experience for everybody. And moving forward, if you are one of those people who isn't showing up because you don't feel like it's worth it, then give it a try at least, because I a lot of people haven't even given it a shot and don't even know for sure that it is or isn't worth it. So just go to school, get back in that um, in that loop of going to school because eventually we will be back in person. And if you know we're lucky enough to be back five days a week and you have been someone that's been home every day, sleeping during class with your camera off, it's going to be a huge jump for you to finally have to be back in person and be engaged 100%. So if nothing else, make this an easier transition for you when we have to transition back in person. Um, so with extracurricular activities being put on hold, we have been forced to spend a lot of more time in our homes finding things to fill the gap. Um, and I know we talked about making our mental health and our physical health a priority, but I also wanted to talk about how we can be better teammates for, our, like how has, uh, let me restructure my question. How has this made you appreciate your either your teammates, your peers, your classmates, your fellow staff members? How has that made you appreciate them or not having that normal everyday interaction? It's a great question because you had talked a little bit about sorry, let me back up. I feel like we're kind of blending a couple of questions, which is really good and in, in thinking a little bit about how we approach what's re uh, what's left of this school year, um, no matter what's ahead, and then how maybe we're thinking about um, what we've missed out on and how we're going to reapproach those when things do quote unquote get back to normal. And I think it's kind of cool that you're bringing up the idea that you know this whole experience is going to inform um, you know how we think about the future and and whether or not we see education and our our teachers and our coaches and our classmates and um, you know, all of like the different forms of people we interact with, are we going to start to see that as a little bit more of a, a privilege than we did when it was just totally normalized? And so, you know, as a teacher and as a coach, I'm, I'm thinking so much about all of those little interactions that, of course, I took for granted. Like, why wouldn't we? Life is busy enough. It's five days a week and we've got a million things to do. And, and all of those things that now we look back and we recognize was um, truly like a privilege to be a part of and, and will give us fresh eyes when we return to it. Yeah, like I, like I've, we had a short period of time where we were allowed to condition for wrestling this year and I got to see all the new faces and all the new kids who were going to join the team this year. And we have a lot of people on the team now. And I was getting super excited to lead them to one of our best seasons in the school's history and then we got put on hold again. So it's, I, I'm grateful for every single opportunity I get to be in that wrestling room. And and that's one thing I've learned is that can go away. Like the things that you do in your every day could go away. So you have to make the most of what you're doing every day because it could just go away. And I think what Max is really talking about is just the deeper purpose that our work is starting to take on, whether that's 
you know, for me and, and me thinking about like what's the most essential stuff that I want to teach in the conversations I, I want to have, whether those are the athletics or the clubs we're involved in. Like, I, I think that with privilege is also coming the deeper purpose now. And I think that's a really interesting thing that Max is tapping into. Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Having everything being taken away from us has definitely made me appreciate what I have even more. I obviously I, I'm on the Palm team. I love Palm. I love my teammates, but until that was taken away, I didn't realize just how much I really loved what I was doing. And so now that I can't practice with my teammates and I can't do the things I love and I have this outlet taken from me, it's been really, really challenging. But when I know that when I get back in the gym, it's just going to be euphoric in a way because it's like, I really needed this. Like this was, this is what I love to do. And I know that I can put even more effort into it knowing that like, yeah, I really, I really, really love doing this. And that can go for anything that can go for just education, your sports, your job, whatever you really feel passionate about, because now you know how much you rely on those things and how much you love those things. And I think that moving forward, we can do our job so much better than we could before because we didn't have that normalcy. Um, anything more on that topic before we continue? Actually, Ellie, sorry, just really quick. I, you just had me thinking about, we have so many different types of relationships and you know our, our families and our closest groups of friends, like those strong ties, um, certainly those were tested um, over this as well. But you're right, like I think those weaker ties that we don't often think about, we don't often appreciate as much, really came to the forefront of you know those teammates that maybe we don't always see outside of wrestling or whatever it is. All of a sudden, like those are the people that we found we are really missing those interactions. So you know it's it's certainly unique that it it highlighted our strong ties, but also our weak ties, the people that we more casually know that all of a sudden feel so much more important to, to try and keep up. Yeah, kind of going off of that, I think that this, well, I hope that this, all of this has made us more empathetic and just more conscientious about how our actions are affecting those that we love and those that maybe we don't love as much, but still how every single act, or sorry, everything that we are doing is affecting everybody else. And these interactions that we have and just, that mutual understanding and that in-person, face-to-face interaction, how important that is and how much it really does help us mentally. I'm gonna go back to mental health because you know you can text all you want, you can Snapchat all you want, but it's truly nothing really helps more than in-person, face-to-face interaction. And I know my generation is infamous for not <laughs> engaging in as much face-to-face -face communication, but I know that me personally, not being able to see my friends every day and my teammates and my coaches and my teachers and my family every day has really forced me to want to keep those connections strong. And I am really looking forward to when all of this goes away. Hopefully, well, eventually, I know it will. But um, I'm really looking forward to kind of maintaining those ties and having that face-to-face -face interaction because I think that is so monumentally important and looking out for each other is also so monumentally important. And I really, really, really hope that this has made us more empathetic and more cognizant of how we kind of help each other. And I, I hope that that improves. Um, 
kind of going in a different direction, if that's okay. Um, I hope that after having all of these things taken from us, being able to enjoy just the little things, I think that we should be, or we can be, even more appreciative of all of these little things that we kind of think of as rights, but are actually privileges because we've had all these things taken from us. What are some of those little things that you've been able to appreciate more after this? I have learned to appreciate my free time. I'm someone who is never really taking a break from life. Like for the last, since sixth grade, I've been going to this practice, this tournament, I've had school, like it's just been boom, 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 boom. And then I got this time that I was forced to have by myself to appreciate what makes me happy. And so like I was doing the things that I couldn't really get to finishing that game. I couldn't finish or spending time with my family and just being able to do the things that I wasn't able to do. And like this month I even created like a little list, like every day I want to do something with my time that I'm proud of doing so that I can look back and be like, I did this, this, and this, this entire month. I did all of these things. And that has kind of changed the way I view my free time. Like I want to do stuff when I'm, when I do get the time to do it that I enjoy doing and that actually makes me happy. I think that's really cool that you established a little goal system because I've also had a similar experience. That's really cool. And I think that that is super important to have these goals still during a really difficult time because it helps you get through these difficult times and being able to look forward to accomplishing another goal and crossing one more thing off of your bucket list. That's really, that's what's going to get you through um, times like this. And I, I also kind of have a similar experience where every day I write down all of the things I do for my physical health. So how much did I exercise? What did I do? What have I been eating? Am I eating healthy? Am I getting all of my homework done? But am I also making time for myself to just do the things that make me happy? And, you know, I keep coming back to this, but having that period of time where it was just like being in a funk and not really knowing what to do with your time really kind of forced me to see what's important and what do I really enjoy doing so that I can keep doing that and keep myself happy and motivated. And, you know, recognizing that motivation comes from making sure that you are stable mentally and you are okay mentally has really helped me get through this school year when I haven't been able to look forward to my sports and extracurricular activities. Bad news, you're both turning into me with all of your lists. Like, I'm glad this is a podcast and people can't see my desk with all of my sticky notes everywhere. But, you know, it, like Ali used that word funk, which I think is such a great one because so many people felt like they were in a funk or some it felt more extreme where things just felt hopeless. Like, when are we ever going to get out of this? But both of you talked about something that to me was really important too, which is, you know, when we're having those feelings, trying to then focus on like, on our, on our own agency, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Those things that we can control and are within our power. And even if those are the little things on our checklist, that goes a long way. Um, even making the checklist and then crossing off, hey, I made a checklist, like feels like an accomplishment that then gets that ball rolling. And so, you know, that that hopelessness, finding ways to turn that into action or that funk that we're in, finding a way to turn that into some sense of action is so incredibly valuable. And I think all three of us, it sounds like have, have found that. 
Yeah, I just want to reiterate the fact that if you did go through that funk or if you still are, it's not too late to turn that around. And starting off with the checklist, seriously, just even if you have to write down everything you did today and just check it off for the satisfaction of I did all of these things, go for it because I do it too. I'm again, I'm just going to put it out there. I'll have a checklist. And if I do one more thing, I'll add it and then delete it. So I feel like that I checked something off, I did something. And keeping yourself accountable and making sure that, yes, you are taking time for yourself, but you're also getting all the things done that you need to be getting done is very important. And um, kind of just appreciating those little moments that you have to do the things that you love. And eventually when we can transition back into eating at a restaurant and going to school and seeing all of your peers and going to see a movie at a movie theater, like we'll get to there, we'll get there eventually. But until we can get to that point, let's just make the most of what we have and all of the extra time that we have. And again, I'm going to say it again, do, doing all of the things that you love. Because um, I think this year was just a reminder that life is so precious. And even though it's not easy and not everything just comes to us like that, it's still it's still so precious and we can have all of these things taken from us so quickly none of us really expected a pandemic to just come out of nowhere it was almost a joke until march it was like oh bat soup whatever and then all of a sudden it was like is this really happening like this is crazy everything is being shut down like what do we do it was just very unexpected and that is just a reminder that everything truly can be taken from us so quickly and moving forward just being more appreciative of each other and just accepting people for who they are. You can't change anything. Like a lot of things are out of your control. You can't change people. Just being able to be appreciative of everything that we have because all of us went through this. Like this isn't something that only one person struggled with. The entire planet went through this together and we got through, we're getting through it together. So being more appreciative of each other and I'll go back to the empathy talk topic, being more empathetic for each other and just recognizing that all of us are ha have our own lives going on and how can we, even on this virtual platform, how can we still be there for each other? And I know I kind of took this conversation in a weird turn because that had nothing to do with the question I asked a few minutes ago, but I really do want to address the empathy topic. Um, does anyone else have anything to add to that? I was just going to say, I my last memory of like real life happening like that was the day the last day we were all at school and i remember that day i felt this like shift that hasn't really shifted back yet but i've had this feeling that just i have felt different since that day specifically and something i'm not all too proud of but me and my friends were literally cheering the night that we had two weeks off it was break and now we're still in break the whole world is in break forever. It's infinite break. It's not the break that everyone wanted, but it's what we got. I think that's so funny because you don't have to feel ashamed because I think all of us, for the most part, were cheering that we had a two-week break because obviously everyone's going to take the break. I think especially that time of year, that's when all the students get unmotivated and tired and it's when the weather is groggy and it's just, it's not a good time of the year. And I think everybody needed that break. Um, so don't feel like you were in the wrong for being excited about it because all of us were. And I think it's, I think it's also funny that you say we're still on break, we are. And like, look how much time we've spent 
on break. Like we are seriously almost at the one year mark. And, you know, from here on, on from here on, um, I really want to, what am I trying to say? I guess just understanding that having a break isn't always the best thing. Like taking time away from, like it, it only does so much for you. Eventually you have to get back to what you what you have to do on a daily basis, whether that be school, work, extracurriculars, because that does, it's stability and stability is so important and it keeps you moving and having all of this time off, it's not good for our mental health. And it, it's actually even more difficult to transition back into normalcy the more time we have. And a big part of it's balance, right? Like we've we found so much wonderful power in finally having some time that we never seem to have. But then there's a point where it goes beyond that, right? And so now we're hoping to get back to that balance. And it brings us back to one of our earliest conversations on, on this podcast, which was when things start going back, how do we make sure we're still taking care of ourselves physically and emotionally and all of those things, while also taking care of these things that now um, are, are a little bit more normalized? Yeah, going back to the topic of balance, I like that you use that word because you really can't appreciate the time off until you can appreciate like what you have going on on a normal basis, like the workload. You know, you look forward to a break because you've been working so hard for it, right? You go to school for a period of time, you're working hard every day, and then finally get to the weekend, for example. And it's like, oh, I get a break for a couple of days. And then you go back to it and then you hit the weekend again. And it allows you to be appreciative of those weekends and look forward to it because you work so hard during the week to get to that point. So after having almost a year long break, it's like, well, I don't, this isn't good anymore. Like this isn't beneficial and I don't feel stable. So I think that, you know, I'm going to say it again, like just starting off this year, like ready to hit the ground running for when we can finally get back to everything. And then, you know, eventually we will have those, you know, two week breaks or summer break, whatever that may be. But just having that stability is so important and making sure that you are contributing to that stability. So again, going back to, are you being engaged in class? Are you making sure that you're on top of all your homework? Are you doing your jobs to the best of your ability? Because you really can't appreciate those breaks that you have until you are fully engaged in what you have going on on a daily basis. Anything else on that? Okay. Um, so many of the challenges we have faced in 2020 are still prevalent today, and that I think has been the most difficult thing to cope with going into the new year, because I think a lot of people had in their head, like, 2021, it's a new year, everything's great. But it's like, no, we still do have to kind of get through, you know, 2020, we still have to deal with the pandemic, all these things that are still continuing. So I think that even though we still have these things going on, it is still so important to come into this new year confident and not so cynical because I think a lot of people are still in the mindset of like, ugh, still have a pandemic going on. Like, what does it matter? Like, I'm not going to try this still the way it is. Um, but I think that coming into 2021 with a new perspective and taking the lessons that we've learned throughout 2020 will make 2021 an easier thing to deal with especially with the pandemic since we've been going through this for so long we know what it is now we know how to handle it so how do we continue on with our lives but still have the confidence that we can just we can still deal with these things so how do you think that we can approach 2021 with a better 
renewed perspective and how do we continue fighting these challenges. It's obviously a really big question. It reminds me a little bit of what we've started to talk about already though, with just the idea of what are those little things that you you do have in your control? And, and so many of like those big trans, like transformative moments in our lives come from like almost like imperceptible little steps that we end up taking and, and finding ways to focus our attention and our sense of agency there I think is really important. And, and that's true for how we approach the rest of the pandemic, however long we're, we're here. Um, I think it's true if we think a little bit about some of the social justice issues that we saw come forward and thinking a little bit about, you know, our privileges, whether it is, you know, me being white or me being healthy in terms of the pandemic, like any of these things, thinking about like those, those moments of, so what does that mean that I can control? What can I do? Um, and, and how can I use the fact that um, I, I'm currently in a good spot to, um, you know, have the empathy, have sympathy and, and stay aware and, and to push myself to continue to do that work. Um, I think that that's going to be really important for us because then because then we're bringing purpose into it. And I think that's a really important thing that's a, a driving force for us. I think it's all about perspective, just like you were saying, like thinking about who you are and how you fit into the world and thinking about what you believe in. And not shutting someone down immediately for believing something different, but having respect for everybody, a mutual respect for all healthy ways of thinking. Um, and just sticking to who you are and keeping everything into a perspective. You might not know how someone's feeling or how someone's been affected. So that doesn't really give everyone a free pass to go act like you've been there or you know how they feel. So you got to make sure that you keep life in perspective. Yeah, I think the main thing here is just like tolerance for each other and just accepting the fact that things are the way they are and we can't change everything and differing beliefs. Again, it's, it's come up so much recently, especially with, you know, the recent news events. I'm not going to address politics or anything because truthfully, none of this even has to do with politics. It's just our inability to, be tolerant of people with differing beliefs and supporting those that su support this country and the world and our community. Um, but just tolerance and just understanding that, again, we are all going through this together. We need to be able to adapt to change. We need to be able to accept the fact that people believe different things and people are going to act differently. And just accepting people are, like for who they are and accepting the world for as it is. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't change things that need to be changed. That's not what I'm saying, but just accepting each other and promoting change and educating each other. So if someone's arguing with you because they don't think they should wear a mask in public, that's just an example, educate them then. Then we, we can do so much change and so much good with just educating each other and just communication and sharing our beliefs in a healthy, nonviolent, again, a healthy way, um, even if that is just through social media, that's not the best platform, but it is what we have right now. And I know teenagers, especially, that's kind of what we do. <laughs> um, so just educating each other in a healthy way and promoting change and accepting each other for the way things are and 
being peaceful in our community is um, how we should move forward, especially still handling the pandemic, being respectful for those who are working on the front lines, because if we want this to go away, then we have to be that change. If we want our country to stay safe, then we need to be part of that. We There's so much that each and every one of us can do to make sure that the things that we love and the things that we appreciate maintain and they continue on. Um, are there any last things that anyone else would like to address before we close things out? Anything you want us to move to do to move forward into this new year? You know, I guess for me, just thinking a little bit about where we were at a year ago, and if someone were to tell us what it is we just worked our way through, the the number of people who would say there's just no way, right? If if we were told students are not going to be in school, stores are going to have to shut down for a period of time, people are going to be wearing masks, we are going to have this number of deaths. The, the number of people who would say like, there's just no way that I can, I can approach 2020. And yet, if nothing else, we've shown that we're really adaptable and that hasn't been easy by any stretch of the imagination. But within a few weeks, like we were able to adjust our lives and start living differently and educate ourselves differently and shop differently and interact with friends differently. And it hasn't been perfect at all. There have been growing pains. But as we approach the upcoming challenges of the year and, and beyond, I, I think that adaptability is something I've just been so incredibly impressed with. And, and especially from you all, like the, the adaptability that students have shown has been really encouraging and and we see things get better and better and we just have to be willing to do that work and to trust that process yeah i'm gonna go back to that phrase just trusting the process because look how strong we have gotten this past year and understanding that we are able to function on our own and we don't need everything around us we don't need all of you know the traveling and the constant hustle and bustle, like we can function as individuals with the little things that we still do have. Um, and just appreciating this process and appreciating the fact that, yeah, 2020 was miserable and probably the worst year of your life, but we're going to move forward and we're so much stronger now than we were before. And it'll make us appreciate the life that we do have and all the privileges that we do have so much more. Um, so thank you again so much for you guys for joining me and thank you for tuning into Behind the Road podcast. Thank you to our guests, Mr. Jeffrey Pruder and Max Honus for joining me here tonight to start the year off in a positive manner. Be on the lookout for our future podcasts and we will see you all next time. This is your host, Allison Firstenau, lines out.